Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and today in the house, I got Kelly Averett, Tennessee Tech football player back in 1983 through 87, as you call it, the glory years, Kelly. Yes, sir. Got my guest host back on the show, Mackenzie Vester, all good middle school Mm -hmm. media class. Welcome back to the show, Mackenzie. Yes, I'm glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Kelly, let's let's dive in. Uh, Let's tell the folks, I think it's the first time you've been on, so tell the folks a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. Uh, raised in Lebanon, born on Fort Campbell, Kentucky. My dad was in the military uh, for three years, and uh, raised in Lebanon. Went to Castle Heights Military Academy from uh, fifth grade to uh, high school. Uh, came to Tech in '83 as a freshman, and pretty much has stayed. Been here 40 years now. 40 years. <laughs> you, you mentioned mom and dad. Can we name them? And any brothers and sisters? Uh, um, dad's name's Ross Averett, uh, and my mom was Mary Helen Averett. Uh, I've got a uh, older sister named Teresa. She is Teresa Barlow now, and uh, a younger brother named Stanley, that also played at Tech for a couple of years till he had an injury. And then my youngest sister is Amy Wheeler, lives in Murfreesboro now. Full family. Full family. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. My grandfather's Thurman Averett started Averett Express in Livingston. Oh, awesome. Back in uh, 1958. I did not know that. So he started it. And Gary Sasser bought it from him in '71. Had no idea. Uh, so, yep. that's, that's pretty cool. Yep, it is. We take it's take good. a look at where Avery Express is right now. Yeah, and no wonder your name is just like the. <laughs> it's, it's one and the same. Yeah, yes. that, that's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm imagine growing up in uh, Lebanon. You know, was kind of a lot like me growing up in Cookville, similar size at that time, and great experience. I'm sure at Castle Heights. Yes, everybody knew everybody. Uh, Castle Heights was a boarding school, so we had people from really all over the world. Uh, Central, South America, and Europe, and all over the country. Uh, but uh, we had day students that were from Lebanon and, and Hendersonville and Donaldson and Murfreesboro that uh, were day students there that came and went each day. Wow. So, Boarding, huh? Yeah. Even even back You hear about that a lot now, I, uh, not so much in the past, but that that's mm-hmm. a growing uh, a need and want by students. It is. Castle Heights was the last military school in the state of Tennessee. Closed in 1986, unfortunately. Right after you? Uh, yeah, graduated in 83, and you know, they closed in 86. They just, uh, that was not a good time for the military right after the uh, Vietnam War. And so it just, uh, every uh, CMA, uh, Columbia Military Academy, Battleground yeah. Academy, and uh, Tennessee Military Institute, TMI, all kind of went to the wayside for the military. They stayed open as private Stay, schools. Yeah. So. It's the military mm-hmm. side of it. Well, we got Mackenzie here with us today. She's an up-and-coming student athlete, plays basketball. Used to play softball a little yeah. bit, but mainly into basketball. She's really quick and fast. So, you know, having a having an athlete here, student athlete like you that had a lot of success along the way, what, what's some advice you would give her as she's going to be in eighth grade next year? Uh, probably just work hard. Uh, keep your mind and uh, your goals set. Uh, know what you want to do. That was growing up, it was – for me, all I cared about was sports, and uh, mm-hmm. I did what I had to do grade-wise to stay uh, where I could keep playing sports, and uh, you know, I wish I'd gone back and, and you know, probably put my grades ahead of sports, but make sure that uh, the grades are most important because sports ends, so your mind yes. does keep your grades going. So what are the th- mm-hmm. I mean, you've been here 40 years now, and, mm-hmm. and you've done various things uh, along the way, but how did sports, how did football help you in, in your career as you got out of Tennessee Tech and you got out into the workforce? How, how did what you learned in football help you? 
Well, most of it was discipline, just uh, knowing you have a schedule and discipline and how to interact with other people. Uh, I was in uh, teaching for 25 years, uh, taught special ed for 17, did administration. So it's uh, it, it taught you a lot about how to interact with people in a positive way. You know, even when, uh, you know, in the, the mid-'80s, we, we didn't have a, a great record, but uh, it, it, you had to keep positive every day. You know, you still go out and practice in November when it's cold, and you got another game to left, and uh, it, it doesn't end. So uh, it just helped help you keep a positive attitude even in uh, uh, diverse times. That definitely <laughs> helps you deal with tough times, and I think coming from a team – background you know you have to rely on other people to make something work you know whether it's just a simple play or yep. being at the meeting on time or you know anything like that 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 has to build those work skills that you know you now look for in people that, that you work with too definitely definitely mm-hmm. as also a student athlete and how you were saying that grades are very important um i know sometimes it can be hard to juggle but i mean i've heard a like in college, it's very hard. So how were you able to man- maintain good grades but also, like, keep your sport level to the – Well, it was, it's difficult. In college, you have plenty of time, but you don't have a lot of energy. Uh, so at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you uh, you want to just kind of veg out. And so you, you have to um, you have to have that discipline. It, and my first couple of years in college weren't – were all focused around football and not much about uh, – academics and so mm-hmm. uh i really got after football was over is when i realized wait a minute this is important so uh, you know I, it took me a little while to go back um to, to graduate but uh, once i graduated i ended up going back and getting a master's degree in eds after that mm-hmm. uh so uh, and that's why i'm saying i'd like to look back and go oh i should have done this at the beginning instead of at the end you mm-hmm. know so it, it's just managing time Managing time is the best thing to do for a student athlete. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty good advice there. <laughs> Busy as these young student athletes and times have changed a little bit and the demands, you know, that they have to deal with and yes. sometimes picking one sport over another, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it's it's the way it was. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned uh, sometimes when you were here back in 83 to 87 and you know, I came in, 86 was my senior year, so that next mm-hmm. season, 87. I was kind of coming in. We played one year together. Right. I was coming in when uh, when you were going out. But uh, what struck me is, is surprising, you know, being from Cookville, coming to your games, you know, the, the four years I was in high school, and being able to see you guys on a pretty much a day-to-day basis is, is the amount of talent uh, that was collected at that time, and it, it – it didn't translate into wins and losses for whatever reason. But I look back at some of the folks, including yourself, that were on these football teams and still know them today. Mm-hmm. And it's just a collection of talented football players. Uh, in, your, in your mind, you know, what, what transpired during those years that maybe didn't make you as successful as you thought you should have been? Uh, well, Coach Darnell was a uh, first-year head coach. Um, and uh, I think that uh, – he tried to do too much. I mean, you know, you go through a list of the coaches that were here at that time with uh, Coach Franchoni and uh, Coach Patterson and Coach Bumpus. That I mean, it's just a, a almost a Hall of Fame coaching staff there. And uh, I think that he tried to do too much instead of uh, being um, confident in his coaches. 
but uh, it, it, you know, we had a lot of talent. I mean, and a lot of them would stay here one year, two years, and then they'd move on somewhere else. Right. Uh, uh, we struggled, uh, and I think it was especially our offensive scheme when we started running the wishbone and uh, really wasn't had the talent to to really run the wishbone. But uh, it was, uh, I think, it's just a, a conflict there with, uh, with with ideas. And uh, Coach Franchoni was here for two years and then left after that. And um, then I think uh, Coach Raglan came in in '86 and, and opened everything up. And '86 uh, um, was a was a rough year too. But uh, he, he we had a lot of people got redshirted. Yes, setting up for '87. '87 uh, was was kind of like. Um, like tech football last fall, you know, we lost uh, four games by three and four points. Yeah, you know, uh, and uh, we went five and six and could have very easily been ninety two. Yeah, and uh, there were uh, five guys on that team that that got shots in the NFL. Right. So we had a really talented team that year. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's you know it's about sustaining. You know, yes. Tennessee Tech getting to the level that they want to to get to where they're you know vying for the championship every year um, instead of having a good year every now and then and, and then you know the the in-between years not being so good that's what a recent show we have with coach alexander he really focused on that that in building the foundation that's what's got to be different and uh during during those lean years you know you talked about coach darnell who he recruited me mm-hmm. and so he he's pretty much the reason i was at tennessee tech and then uh uh coach raglan picked that up when uh, Darnell decided to leave, and I got the red shirt with those guys. Right. So that year I red shirt, or I came in, mm-hmm. uh, was the year he red shirted. If I'm not mistaken, it was 12 uh, of the players. There were a couple that were red shirting anyway, and then he added to that list. I don't know how in the world he got it done. Um, well, they, uh, yeah, we had some uh, junior college transfers that red shirted. We had a couple guys that were hurt, had knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he red shirted um, the. Um, Almost the, the core of offense and defense, both, mm-hmm. and uh, um, to to really set up for the next year because of the maturity of the, the younger players that, that happened in '86. Uh, he, he felt like, and, and we were good. We we had we had a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. Really, like you said, four games, <laughs> really, really close, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was a you know a mon- mon- monumental year for me because mm-hmm. it I, I got to play with a, a lot of uh, veterans. You know that that had been there for a while and, right. and knew what it was like to do whatever, mm-hmm. and you know I got the opportunity that first year to learn from them uh, as well as go through that redshirt year. So it was incredible. Um, to, you know, I, I do want to mention um, Gary Darnell in every capacity uh, that he's been in has been very successful. Um, I think his total record as head coach was 52 and 80. So probably not as good as he wanted to be, but a lot of that came from the five years he was here at Tennessee tech. Um, and you know, after he went on and coached at other places and, you know, he, he's been the, I'm going to go backwards, but he's been interim head coach at Texas A&M. He was the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M head coach at Western Michigan, where he had his best years, uh, by far did a great job there. He's been, uh, assistant at texas uh defensive coordinator uh he's been to notre dame he's been the florida gators he's been to wake forest he's been of course tennessee tech kansas state north carolina smu that's a pretty good resume yes he was a good coach he was a good man i really had a lot of respect for him yeah yeah no doubt and uh, you don't you don't have the ability to go to all these places and do well (laughs) 
without knowing some football. But, uh, you know, the, the, the time frame that you were with him probably didn't end up the way that you guys wanted it to be. But, you know, you still got a lot out of that time here in uh, Cookville at Tennessee Tech. And, of course, you're here now. Yes. So, and you're, you're definitely a huge uh, Golden Eagle supporter and fan. So let's let's pay some bills. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local office mart on south jefferson and cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store for over 35 years they've been proud to serve businesses in the upper cumberland with quality and value you get real customer service too and unlike shopping online you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom and when it's delivered it's not a box on your step they're glad to install and set up everything office mart there's no other locally owned office store in the region, South Jefferson Avenue, across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. Your host, Sam Brooks, with Kelly Averett in the house and my guest host, Mackenzie Vester, with us today. And Mackenzie, I'm going to throw it to you for the next question. You guys were talking about, like, how you could be redshirted, and I I think that's what it is, redshirted, yeah. Okay. But I know as not a big football know-it-all, what does that mean? Okay, uh, red shirt is is what you do if if you get hurt, mm-hmm. and then um, if and before uh, it was used as as if you got injured, then you could take a red shirt year and you wouldn't lose a year's eligibility because you have four years of eligibility in college. With a red shirt year, it gives you five total. Um, and uh, like my freshman year, Coach Darnell's his first year, he started the red shirt program at Tech. And uh, every just about every freshman, I think we had two freshmen that did not redshirt that played. Uh, everybody else was redshirted, which means that you are the scout team for the starting offense, start defense. So you ran the other team's plays for them during practice. And uh, we worked out with Jack Williamson. We ran a lot. Uh, Big Jack. He could not gain weight at all because we were <laughs> running all the time. Uh, but you basically it gives you a, a year to grow in the program. Mm-hmm. And for your next year, which would be your first eligibility year, would be a freshman. You know, you'll hear a freshman redshirt, which means that they were redshirted. It's actually their second year in school. Um <laughs> And so that that year in '86, uh, Coach Raglan redshirted a lot of upperclassmen, uh, finagled the way through the NCAA to be able to do that mm-hmm. and give them their senior year the next year. So, and for for somebody like me, uh, when when I came into Tennessee Tech, McKenzie, I was about 135 pounds soaking wet, <laughs> five foot nine. So that year gave me a year to grow a little bit, you know, to mm-hmm. work out, which I hadn't done a whole lot of. Mm-hmm. And just to try and get a little bit stronger and ready for the impact of the speed of the game. And luckily, I got to do it with some of these guys, you know, that, that kind of showed me the ropes. So uh, they use red shirt uh, in a lot of ways now nowadays. And I think you can play in uh, 16 quarters now oh, in wow. football and still be red shirted. So uh, a, a kid can play up to four games almost now. And, and still, even at the end of the season, they can come back and say, okay, we're going to red shirt you even though you played. So the rules have drastically changed on how you can mm-hmm. use red shirts. And 
and you know especially with the you know what's happened the last several years so uh it, good opportunity for folks who get injured but uh great question i'm uh-huh. sure there were some folks out there wanting to hear that same question so <laughs> good job mckinney um so let's move on uh you 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 individually um you had a really good uh career here at Tennessee Tech, uh, even though the team may have, not, have done as well as you wanted them to. Um, I think the big, you're, you're a pretty big guy. How tall are you? Uh, six, five and a half. Six, five and a half. And, and, and I, you, I played my senior year at 285. 285. So I remember you then. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you very well then. Um, versus uh, what one hundred and sixty and five foot nine. So well, I showed up at two fifteen. So yeah, that's that as a tight end. Th- that's what I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of talk about because yeah. you, you you know you see some transitions of players that come in. Bruce Lamb's one that comes to mind. He came mm-hmm. in as a tight end. He ended up being mm-hmm. all obviously uh, left guard. I think it was yeah. and and uh, just a huge flip around. Actually came in as a quarterback and uh, moved wow. him to tight end yeah. with LT and then uh, and then he uh, went to. Offensive line did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. You came in as a tight end, six or five end. course. Yeah, uh, two hundred fifty pounds at that time is a is a big high school player. Yeah, I and played single A ball. Yeah, that's <sighs> why it's it. And then you so. you get here, uh, you already enjoyed the weight room. Um, so what changed when you got here, and how were you able to to grow yourself that quickly? Well, kind of like you, I, I didn't in high school. I didn't have to work out. I didn't. I was you know walked out on the field and I was the biggest guy there, and so. Uh, it wasn't really um, a necessity for me. And then when I got to, to Tech and found out that um, all these players are much bigger, much stronger, much faster, you know, you, if you want to compete, you got to work out. So uh, I played my redshirt year as a freshman, uh, my freshman redshirt year as a uh, tight end on the scout team and got banged around a lot, you know, bet. by those guys across the ball and uh, <clears throat> realized that, hey, I've got to start working out. And, of course, Jack's workout program was unbelievable. And uh, – um, but then the next fall is when uh, Coach Darnell, we were really thin on the offensive line, and here I was. I'd gotten up to about 240 that time, and uh, he moved me to offensive line, moved me to tackle behind Jim Boudron, yeah. a senior <laughs> starter, and uh, played a lot, uh, lettered that year, uh, played enough to letter, and uh, played in every single game. Uh, so, um, but then I realized that I was if I'm gonna play offensive line, I got to put on weight. Yeah. And then the next spring is when he moved me to center. Played center for two years, and uh, I got up to about uh, 260, 265. And then uh, my uh, my senior year is when he moved me. Uh, Coach Ragland moved me back out to tackle, and I knew I had to really beef up. And so I got in with some guys that uh, really liked to squat. Oh and, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Bruce Hatfield and Kevin Martin and that group and Steve Jewell that were just monsters there. And so I knew I had to beef up, and that's all about the only way I could do it is get in there with them and start squatting and deadlifting. So Yeah, and you were you were not what I would ever call a, a you know, typical at that time lineman that was maybe a, a bigger guy that, uh, uh, you know, could stand to lose a little weight. I'd, just, I'd say it the way that mm-hmm. it was at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, you were you were muscle bound, thick, big legs, really strong. So you maintained that physique from the time that you came in in a healthy way, yes. um, all the way through. It's hard to put weight on like that and and not and still be able to manage it. That was difficult. I ate a lot of peanut butter. Yeah, a lot protein, of, a lot of milk, a lot of peanut butter every night. So uh, to try to put on that weight, and it was struggling. I struggled to keep my weight on, especially during fall camp when it was really hot. It was. I'd lose 10, 15 pounds. So. Yeah. 
people don't understand the the struggle that you deal with and and uh kind of how college athletics works especially on the football side because you're especially during the season your day is planned you know you can eat as much as you want Mm -hmm. they take you to the calf and you get three squares a day and they encourage you to eat (laughs) because they know they know they're gonna run you you know and you're gonna lose a little bit of it so you you got to be very mindful of of what you're eating and and uh maintain that and you got people watching you you know, uh, measuring you uh, how much, almost on a daily basis. Yep. I don't think a lot of folks on, out step there. Step on scale, man. And, yeah. And <laughs> if you lose some weight, they'll say, here, you need more, you get more food. So we'd get extra yeah, extra servings at the cafeteria. So All the food you want. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. A little bit. <laughs> and I could eat it, too. Yep. Now I, I can't eat it like that mm-hmm. anymore. So let, let's uh, – Let's kind of talk a little bit more about that era as we close this segment. But uh, you know, what what did you learn out of the five years and all the relationships and, and people that you come across and even the coaches that you met? There's, I won't go into it right now, but several incredible coaches that came through those five years that went other places and did mega things. Well, you know, in college, you, you got uh, you got your position coach, and your position coach is pretty much who you get uh, con- in connection with and, and – and have a bond with, and so uh, and Coach Jones and, and Coach Harris were my offensive line coaches. Coach Harris, I just he, he passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, I really admired him, and, and he stayed here in Cookville after he uh, stopped coaching, and uh, he and I stayed friends and stayed connected, and we watched football games together. Uh, just a, a good friendship that that I that carried over from Tennessee Tech. And I see you at the alumni tournament every summer which we're going to talk about here in a minute but uh it, it's great to see all those connections uh, you know coming yes. back to Cooble for that weekend we'll talk a little bit more about that but uh you definitely get that out of it. it's kind of a, a special fraternity that uh, you'll always have and and i know those guys are very special to you and it, like i said even though it didn't really turn out the way that you wanted it to when you came in still got a lot of great things out of being here for five years Jeanette. it was still football so that's all that mattered exactly we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with kelly everett welcome back to local matter sports your host sam brooks again kelly everett in the house former tennessee tech football player former coach around the middle tennessee area and i got my guest host back in the house mckenzie vester back with us from all good middle school media class Kelly, as we left, we were talking about uh, the time that you spent at Tennessee Tech, and, and now you're back in uh, Cookville. And uh, have you retired? What are you doing right now? Specifically? I have retired. I uh, retired in 2020. COVID hit, and it was just uh, uh, I've got uh, grandchildren and young boys, 13, 15 now, that, uh, Sam and Daniel, that uh, I'm, I'm kind of in charge of. So uh, I retired and, and uh, doing a little real estate stuff, buying and selling land, so. Awesome. Uh, All around the Middle Tennessee area? Or just uh, just usually Putnam County, White County. Got gotcha. you. Staying in close. I got you. Well, so. Awesome. That's cool. I didn't know that. Mm. Learned a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So l- let's move forward in to something we both are a part of and feel very special in being a part of is the uh, TTU Football Alumni uh, Weekend Reunion. And uh, it used to be a golf tournament. You know, it grew to be a pretty good golf tournament, a four-man scramble out at the TTU Golf Club and has turned into truly a reunion weekend for uh, mm-hmm. TTU alumni football players. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, when you came back to that and what, what it means to you. Well, I I played in it several times with different players that I, uh, from my era, and uh, kind of got more involved when uh, Coach Alexander came back 
uh, it was it was kind of like that that wake up call that hey you need to be involved and uh, more and more so when uh, Coach Alexander and Bruce Hatfield came back and was coaching it, it just kind of was a, a draw for me to get really involved with uh, the tech football from the inside out and so uh, uh, that's when I really started being involved with with all the aspects raising money donations and uh, logistics and things like that going to practice all the time and, and going to games more and road games and uh, I think I've missed maybe three games in the last five years so uh, even now I've got to where I work the the chains on the sidelines now because uh, when COVID hit the NCAA said you couldn't get on the sidelines so I tried to figure out a way to get on the sidelines and <laughs> And uh, Matt Menzel was uh, running the chains, and I called him, and and now I get to be on the sidelines right where the football is, and I really enjoy yeah. that. Once you once you've been down on the field, it's hard to sit it up is. in the stand, isn't it? It I'll is. Tell you that's the truth. So uh, you know, so much so, and uh, you know, we kind of found out the group, the committee, kind of found out you were back and asked you to be a part of the the. Uh, tournament committee the weekend the reunion weekend committee yes. and you've started that this past year or last year yeah, last year and uh been a part of that for two years and and that for to me that's a pretty special deal with a collection of alumni that get together and uh we start planning that in january right. and uh, getting mm-hmm. together and meeting on it and it carries us all the way through the middle of july when we actually uh execute you know all the plans that we've had so thanks for your work on that and yes, that's been special having you there tell a little bit about what you're doing with that group this year well, this year it's just uh, planning the the weekend. Uh, of course, uh, it's it's also turned into a major fundraiser for the football program itself, and so uh, we've tried to figure out different ways to to raise money. And uh, one thing that we kind of started this year was just a uh, tee box sign for different companies in in town, and we've got a couple that are that uh, we're talking to and. And uh, some that have already come on board, Quick Cash Pawn Shop has come on board and, and bought a sign. Uh, Ralph's Donuts has bought a sign. Uh, F&M Bank has bought. Uh, we're talking with a couple of other people uh, looking for some uh, underwriters, yeah. you know, the businesses that will really come in. Uh, Garrett Brothers has come in with $5,000 yeah, yeah. that uh, underwriter. And we, we'd like to have at least three more because it's expensive to put on the tournament. And uh, every penny that we have to spend on the tournament doesn't go to football. Uh, and this this has kind of turned into a fundraiser with just for strictly for football expenses is what it amounts to. Yeah, and the the, the cool thing about this uh, tournament and this money, it goes right to the football program. Uh, it does, and and uh, they have discretionary spending over it, and it costs you know about two thousand dollars a player to outfit them uh, head to toe. Expensive now. And we, you know, we had that conversation that X amount comes from the school, just like any other uh, Division One program like Tennessee mm-hmm. Tech. And that at that level, they get X amount of funds from the uh, NCA to cover their cost, and then above and beyond that, if they whatever else they want to purchase, they have to come up with on their own. And and that's kind of what this is about because all teams now across the country bring their kids in for summer. Yes. If they don't, they feel like they're getting behind. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much the month of uh, July, uh, most of the players are, are already in town and in a class. Yes. And the ability to be in a class gives them the ability to knock out one of those classes for that uh, fall semester, which gives them a little bit more time as a student athlete uh, to, to be able to not be so stressed and pressed to be able to uh, work, have to worry as much about their academics. So it serves a great purpose. It does. They had their first practice yesterday morning, full team practice. So they're here and the freshmen are – have come in and and uh, so they they go to work. Not like we back when 
we were playing. You went home and, and you got a job and you worked out in home and you showed up in August. You better hope you're in shape. You, yeah, you better you better have worked out because I remember yep. that uh, that program we had from Jack Williamson. Yes. You know, and, and whether you wanted to or not, you better do it because as soon as you come back, you you better be in shape or you're going to regret it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now they don't have to worry about that so much because they're here most of the time. And I, I would think personally that having those kids on campus, you know, would be a time for. Uh, creating that team uh, need and developing the team characteristics and character that they're going to have and uh, just, just a little bit more time to be together as a team, especially the yeah. new kids coming in. Well, yesterday was, I mean, being their first practice, uh, you could tell that the bond was there. I mean, they, they were, they, both sides of the ball were just uh, uh, really hyped up. They were, you know, congratulating each other when something good happened and, and really going back and forth. And, and they had that camaraderie. Yeah. They did already first practice. So, and that's just from spending, you know, basically 12 months out of the year together. Well, and you know, last year we chronicled that already, but last mm-hmm. year was a, a year that you, you say could have and would have and all that. But you, you, when you're building the foundation, you got to build it from the ground up. And uh, a couple of things would have went different ways last year. You, we could have been talking about a nine and two, three team. Yeah. Um, well, and, I'm, I'm going to tell you this year is going to be a gonna. It's not yeah. going to be a could or would. It's going to be a gonna. Yeah. And when I'm Coach Shea was on the last show that we talked about that, and he's very confident that they're going to, you know, get over that threshold this year and, and, and create the kind of team that this community needs and wants. So it's going to be exciting. I mean, for you as a player, and I mean, now that you're back into the program and everything, seeing how, like, these um, players are already getting ready for the season, I mean, what's the most, like, difference in between when you were a player and, like, the players now? Well, the players now have – they spend more time together. You know, we we would have our winter workouts and we would have our spring ball and we'd have fall. But uh, it's more – detailed it, it's it's more advanced it's just like uh, the difference in cell phones nowadays or computers nowadays everything is more advanced everything is very exact as what is how they how they do things now back when we played there really wasn't a time limit on practices and stuff so you know we had fall camp we would practice twice a day in august for two and a half hours now they have a limited time that they can practice so they have to get 10 times more stuff done in a shorter period of time than we ever did because we used to line up and just hit each other. That's how we got better as we hit each other. Now it's a lot of uh, uh, specific things that they, they work on, footwork and things that, that will help them get better without causing any injuries or, or um, stress on, on their, their bodies because they, you know, they do it year-round nowadays. You know? So that's kind of why everybody's going to a single sport because mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they focus on one sport and, and – year-round now. McKenzie, you know, back in the day, I can remember we had one fall camp. I think we were going from semesters back to quarters. I think we did that for two mm-hmm. years or something. We had a fall camp where we were three games into the season before students even came to the, mm-hmm. to campus. So we were having three-a-days. Mm-hmm. So wow. we would get up early in the morning, about 7 o'clock. We'd have a quick practice for about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. two hours. We'd go have meetings. <laughs> We'd go eat a, a lunch, a early lunch, mm-hmm. and then go to practice and eat snacks after that, and then come back and have another practice and then have to go eat dinner after that, so three practices a day. That was the longest summer of my life ever. Oh, wow. You were right there in the middle yep. of it. It was August, so it was hot. Oh, it was hot. Yeah. It was hot. So uh, real quick, back to the, the weekend. Uh, we've been doing this. Last year was our 30th year reunion, mm-hmm. and we got through that. It was a great – it says uh, – 
in the write-up for this on TTU Sports, uh, it's raised uh, a little over $200,000. We've been doing this for 30 years, mm-hmm. but what the amazing thing last year raised close to 50,000. Yes. So we've really increased the uh, amount um, that we're, we're getting to the football team, straight to the football team from this. And again, this is uh, money that goes right to the football team as discretionary funds for Coach Alexander and the team, which they really need for building this program. And um, looking for it to be another good one this year. There's, uh, we're almost full. Yes. Uh, again, of teams, but it's not only for golfers. You know, people come to the event. We had over a hundred alumni last year that came to the event that didn't even play golf, and mm-hmm. so that's it's awesome to see how it's growing. It is, and I think it's uh, people are reconnecting with each other. I mean, there's so many people that that uh, I personally have reconnected with that I hadn't seen in in decades. And uh, they're coming back and reconnecting and, and coming in early, and they come in at different events and stuff that happened with football. So it, it, it's become a real football reunion for all ages and all, all levels, all groups. No doubt. You mentioned a couple of the guys that you've been talking to, business you've been talking about, sponsorships. I'd be crazy not to mention um, Tony Stone, Friday Night Barbecue. Mm-hmm. He does for us every year. And we, we like to thank Stone Steel for that. Mm-hmm. And, man, they've been a partner for us, and it's incredible meal. If you've not had his barbecue, it's phenomenal. Seven Senses, who partners uh, with, with uh, us and uh, 37 mm-hmm. Cedar, we alternate them every year is, is where we end up going to uh, uh, have the uh, social on Friday night and then alternate. Uh, they actually feed us yeah. on an alternating schedule every year. So we appreciate those businesses for what they do. And uh, so many more. And, uh, you know, Ralph's Donuts. We, yeah, we yeah. get Ralph's Donuts and we get John Dogs. Well, jo- yeah. <laughs> and, and John has, has, has uh, um, bought a sign to, 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 uh, to put out on, the, on one of the tees. And yeah. if there's anybody that I, that I don't get to to talk to, and if you want to be a part of it, you can call Christy Phillips at, at Tech and, and tell them you want to you put a sign up on, on uh, advertisement and, and help uh, – Support TTU football. And any businesses out there like to do mm-hmm. that, you can call Christy Phillips, and she will take care of you at 372-6857. Email is kphillips at tntech.edu. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us, especially on such me. late notice. We're going to have you back again. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie, always a pleasure. You're getting better and better every week. Glad to have you as our co-host. <laughs> thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Local Matter Sports. Good job. <laughs> Sometimes I can get to talking and just... That's great. Well, that's what makes a better show.